Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 48 of the Speaking Club podcast. What do you call someone who says that they have no challenges around public speaking? A liar. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Welcome to the show. So, I've done our long stand-up comedy shows. I've acted in plays and spoken in front of big audiences. But despite all that, I've been avoiding doing Facebook Live. And the trouble is that as many of you will know, in my line of work and in an online world, it's kind of important to do live video to grow your brand and business. So, since I was doing a podcast interview with Brooke Hender, couple of weeks ago, you'll probably remember, he's a cognitive hypnotherapist, I thought I'd ask him to take a look at this issue with me. And in this episode, I'm sharing what happened. Now the trouble is that as Brooke worked with me on what I thought was quite a superficial challenge, some unexpected things surfaced. And it turns out there was some deeper more significant issues affecting how I felt about Facebook Live and my business. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that although I believe that you'll find what comes out of this episode positive, at times I get quite emotional and you might find listening to parts of the episode a challenge if you have recently experienced a loss. Now I know this is a bit of a different show and I did struggle as to whether to share it because of the personal things that surfaced and how much of myself I was sharing. But in the end, I felt it was important to put it out there because I know I'm not alone in struggling with this stuff. And if one person gets some reassurance or some insight into their own challenges around public speaking or other areas of their business or life, then it will have been worth it. So... I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you find it useful. And over to me and Brooke. Make yourself comfortable. Good. (laughs) This isn't a, uh, so you know, it is a slightly odd situation. Yes. um, In that we're effectively doing uh, the first session. So quite often in the first session, I would do a history take. Yeah. Which would be um, me finding out everything I can Mm-hmm. about you and yeah. your problem and then obviously I might do an intervention uh, and typically a, a session would last 60 to 90 minutes yeah uh, I'm not sure how this is going to pan out yeah. so let's just see okay cool so why are you here so I I have um I, I'm very comfortable performing mm-hmm. you know I have I've done stand-up I've done you know I perform in, in plays and and I present and speak in front of you know lots and lots of people but I have an issue with Facebook lives and I and it's bizarre and I I've it's not I will do them 
but I'll avoid them like the plague. Okay. You know, and I and I hang over me like a guilty sort of um, you know, thing, and and I don't know if it's because it, I'm not in control. Like no, that sort of maybe feels like part of it because it's I don't have the chance to make it perfect. Maybe I, I don't I don't know. That's the sort of things that maybe I think going on, but. You know, I think it would benefit other people if I could do more of them in terms of perhaps some of the things that I could share. And certainly in terms of my brand and what I do, the fact that I'm not able to, or, you know, I don't do as much of them as I can, I think is a little bit of an issue. Right. So that's why I'm here to sort of see if there's anything going on that I can, you know, maybe tweak or fix that will enable me to feel more comfortable and less... I don't know, maybe it's attached or I don't know what it is and sort of be more free yeah. doing these things. So, you know, one answer is obviously not to do Facebook Lives. <laughs> um, okay then. Okay, so <laughs> thanks very much for listening. Um, now, is it only Facebook Lives or is there, are there any other live video things that you've used where you get the same feeling? I guess as well in my okay, so I'll again be being open and honest. The comparing side of comedy, I found very challenging. Um, it, it, you know, thinking about it, like I I can do my set because I have my jokes and you know stand up comics script their stuff, so I you know I can learn my set and do it. But I always had this barrier about. You know, and again, I've been an MC, and and I can, you know, I can do it. But there's this issue with like reacting in the moment. But then I've done improv, and I've been fine. But I think that's again, it feels a bit more structured, um, and it's and, and you're in a group of people, so you're not as exposed as if it's you. Um, but then I did, you know, I ha- didn't have the time to prepare recently, and I did a charity auction, which was completely off the cuff, and I was funny, and it went well. But I would never, you know, I, I was forced into that situation. I didn't really have enough time to prepare. So that's another area where it comes up is is sort of crowd work. If I have the opportunity to to avoid it, I would. So it's the thought of it. I guess, yeah. Is and it... ju- yeah, and I guess with you know with that, no one's going to see that again. The other thing with Facebook Live is, it's it's there. I mean, I can always delete it. Um, and I guess the other thing with Facebook Live as well is it's soul destroying. <laughs> if I'm I'm on Facebook Live talking away, and no one, it's like there's that tumbleweed, and you're just like, oh, no one's no one no one cares, no one no one's interested in what you've got to say, and and I guess that's part of it as well. Like it, it just if I make it, I think I make it mean stuff about me. You know, and they're probably off doing their own thing in their own life. I mean, who cares? Sarah's on Facebook Live, you know, so what? But I'm like, I think I make it, you just sort of make it mean stuff about me and how successful I am. And, and I, yeah, that's that's interesting. With, with an audience, I can feed off the audience. Mm. So that ups my game when I'm performing. And even if it's off the cuff, I can feed off the audience. But, you know, there's... Yeah, you might get the old person jump on and, you know, hit a like or whatever, but otherwise it's like, it's me, to me. <laughs> it's just tumbleweed, which is quite, I guess that's part of it as well. Mm. I think there, yeah, there is that Facebook Live is 
you know a very immediate thing but yeah. you have no control over who's going to be watching no no because nothing. it's live and unless you've scheduled that live yeah you know and given people notice then it's really going to be whoever's around and interested and i don't do that either i don't schedule it and whether that's a sort of safety net oh you know i guess it's even worse if i schedule it and no no bugger turns up right. that's like that's even worse but if i just pop on I suppose then they can say, well, I haven't, you know, I haven't told anyone, so therefore no one knows about it. That's why they didn't turn up. Not just they're not interested in what I've got to say. So of course, I don't know my lines. I didn't learn my lines. <laughs> yeah, so how can I be worried about not knowing my lines? Because yeah, I didn't learn my lines. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I learnt my lines, and then I forget my lines. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an issue. Yeah. So that's quite interesting as well. I don't say I'm going to do it really. So. Yeah. So and again, purely on a conscious mind level. It's interesting that you're not, given everything else that we've talked about, where you would uh, professionally schedule and sort out and organise, when it comes to Facebook Lives, you don't do that. Not often. I mean, I've been been doing this Miracle Morning Challenge, and I have a Facebook group, which is very small. There's not many people in it at the moment. And I said, oh, you know, every morning I'll, I'll be coming on and telling you. And I did it for like, you know, 12 mornings. I had the little hiatus off of Miracle Morning because it got... I was absolutely shattered. But I think part of it as well was this just like, you know, what's the point? Right. What's the point of doing it if no one's actually bothered? So so there was a bit of that. I thought, well, you said you were going to be doing it, so you haven't been doing it every morning. Then that's bad as well. So I'm out of integrity with myself around this. You know, so there's a whole, there's a lot of stuff around this bloody Facebook life. So it's interesting because there are, Immediately, there are sort of two things. One is, and again, there's a relationship between them. There's one is your attitude towards Facebook Live, but has that attitude developed because you've been seeing the results and the results haven't been what you've wanted, and therefore that's gone back and fed back into your belief about it? Did I, is your belief come out? Did you start out going, I don't want to do Facebook Live? Or has your belief, your attitude towards Facebook Live come about because you've seen the results of it and going, nobody's watching, why am I doing this? It's a waste of time. I think maybe a bit of both. Right. But that results thing is an interesting thing. It's a fickle world, the online world. And sometimes I think, oh, I've done something that's really good and it doesn't go anywhere and it, no one pays any attention. And then you're like, oh. But I think it's more in your face when it when you're doing that. It's, you know, it's harder to avoid. Yeah. People watching, zero. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's fueled it. Yeah. It certainly possibly escalated it, yeah. So purely on, before we sort of dive into the other stuff, you know, why are you doing them? I mean, what, you know, it's interesting when you're talking about what's the point, what is the point of doing them? Uh, so I do a lot of um, learning about online marketing and, you know, what you should be doing to reach people and build your tribe and grow your business and and Facebook live is definitely something that people recommend Facebook also favors live video mm -hmm. you can get a lot more traction with a live video than you can with a post that isn't that um, and there's also sort of follow-up benefits you know you can use live video in your Facebook ads and 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 also I know that in some ways the less polished the more raw um, more authentic 
stuff that people put out actually resonates and gets a better response. Mm. So uh, there is a lot of, if you had a plus and a minus column, there would be a lot of pluses to doing it Facebook Live. It makes sense from a business perspective, from, from a marketing perspective, it, it, to, to grow my business, which is what I want to do. You know, obviously I want to help people and add value. And, and I guess that's part of it. If, if you can reach more people by doing one thing, why wouldn't you do it? That's the reasons why I want to do it, because it makes sense. If it wasn't so important and, you know, vital for business in an online world, then possibly it wouldn't be, wouldn't matter, but it does matter. Right. And that's why I think I've got to get over it. So interesting, you said it's something you should be doing, it's something that people recommend. Whenever I hear <laughs> words like should, I was think according to whom? Yes. And people... Who are these people? Yes. I know that Facebook say, but it's in their business models for to encourage it. Um, there's nothing we should be doing unless it's something we want to do, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is it, you're doing a lot of different media stuff. Yes. And again, we will absolutely look at the feelings connected to this. But again, shoulds yeah. are always a flag for me because it's like, according to whom? So the likes of um, a lady called Amy Porter, so all the online experts that I respect and admire. Right. Although she actually doesn't particularly herself like to do them because she's got an issue with her weight and she doesn't like seeing herself <laughs> on camera. But she's like, she, if she can get over that, you know, and, and again, maybe that's the other thing is, is self-image. But I don't think that is a big issue for me, or not as big as she has. But, you know, lots of people that I respect and admire that are successful say that that is something that you should be doing to grow your business and you can see the results of it amongst others so that's right. that's why okay. so you know there are people that you respect who say this is a good thing to do yes and so you think this is a good thing to do yes but against that there are clearly some elements that you're not comfortable with yeah now you've just touched on something and sped through it quite nicely which is something about how you look yes Talk to me about that. Well, in terms of where, so where I am at the moment, so I'm not at my optimum weight, and I've talked on the on the podcast about this mm -hmm. before. You know, um, one of the reasons that I was doing the Miracle Morning is I'm not reaching some of the goals that I want to reach, and one of those goals is a weight goal. So I've done, I've managed to to lose weight before. I'm not massively overweight, but I'm not happy where mm -hmm. I am. Um, you know, in, in terms of when I look in the mirror I'm not looking as I would want to look you know so there's definitely I'm not comfortable 100% comfortable or confident with the way that I look at the moment compared to what I feel where I feel I should be um, should be <laughs> where I want to be where, where definitely where I want to be um, well that's interesting it's always that battle between living a life and enjoying life and sort of sacrificing some things I definitely need to be about two stone lighter than I am for instance what's, um, what's the need well just because I know where I where I want to be where I have been before I want to go back to to, to that weight that feels like the, the weight that I would like to be the size that I would like to be in clothes and I know when I was there how confident I felt and also just from a health perspective you know I am getting you know I'm in my I passed mid 40 now so it's conscious that things I need to be taking care of myself more as I hit that you know 
as I go f- more fully into middle age, things are going to sort of, you know, I'm sure my metabolism slowed down. And so, yeah, so I sort of know it's what I should be doing. And, you know, one of the things that I've talked about is I do these affirmations as part of the Miracle Morning now. And I have this routine. And one of those, you know, there's a number of affirmations around beliefs and, you know, abundance. And one of them is around is around weight. And there is this, there's this cognitive dissonance going on in terms of what I'm saying I want and what I do. I'm getting better but there's it's interesting that I'm not doing the things that I say I want um always bottom line is I guess I'm not completely happy with the way I look I don't look disastrous but it's not where I want to be so I am self-conscious more so than I I would normally be but I don't know how much that's influencing things like Facebook live so what does it mean how does it feel to be the weight you are what now yeah What does it it say about you being the weight you are? That I have no, not enough, not enough willpower to make the choices that I need to make. I'm not fit enough. I don't, I don't like things about my body at the moment, and you can't avoid them because you know when you sit down and you you look at your thighs and they're bigger than you want them to be, and you you know, there's there's lots of things. I feel that it undermines my confidence, and I'm sure as with most people when they have weight stuff, it stops me from being as gregarious as I might be if I was thinner and lighter and wearing different clothes you know so it affects the wardrobe I wear it affects lots of things so it has a big impact on my life and it's something that preoccupies my mind day to day quite a lot there's this conflict going on between wanting to enjoy life and 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 you know sacrificing things I like sweet stuff I you know I like cakes but I know they're not good for me I know sugar's bad for me um so yeah, so there, there is that sort of battle. It's a long answer again to your question in terms of how I feel. I'm not desperately unhappy, but I feel like I will be conf- more confident and happier when I lose this weight. And for instance, you know, I started climbing and I'm used to being in sports. I'm used to being, and again, I've talked about this before, I'm used to being like the best. I've been a tennis coach in the past and I can compete with the men you know I don't feel ever sort of disadvantaged but my I've gone started doing this bouldering and my weight is an issue I think in terms of my partner and my daughter are climbing up these climbing problems that are wrapped up a drain pipe and I'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it but I'm certainly you know I'm far from far from the best and that's that and I know that if I lost my weight that it would be easier for me to climb and it would be easier for me to, to you know, everything would be easier if if I was lighter than I am, be able to perform better. And to be the best. To be the best, yeah. To be the, I don't know if I'll ever be, I mean, age is not on my side now for things like climbing, um, which I need to accept. But, you know, and I'm quite I'm quite happy actually for, for, for them to be better at me because it's nice it's nice sometimes to, to have that challenge I think it's that's the thing I like a challenge as well so if I was the best where where's the challenge where's the opportunity to improve so if you were at your target weight yes how would you feel about Facebook live I don't know I, I think I would still feel the same in terms of it, it would still I would still have the same feelings if no one was interested or that I feel like no one's interested 
I don't know, maybe I'll enjoy looking at myself a bit more than I do. Um, I'm sure I'd be more confident just because I think there is that confidence that come when you feel like you look good or as good as you, you know, what you feel like you should be looking like. So I, th I think that possibly I would be more confident, but I, I'm not sure it would completely remove all of the stuff that, that comes up for me for, with doing them. Hmm. Just focusing a little bit more on the feeling associated with the weight issue at the moment. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your weight, yeah. is there a particular feeling you get? If it, for example, if you just close your eyes yeah. and just imagine that you're about to do a Facebook Live, yeah. And that you don't know how many people are going to be there, but there could be some, and they're going to be looking at you, talking, and seeing you. Yeah. Do you get any particular feeling? Not, not a particular. I mean, I always get a bit anxious, mm -hmm. but not like it doesn't stop me. It's not that bad. Um, I don't feel completely comfortable. So you're you're able because at the moment you're able to do Facebook lives. Yes. You just don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't enjoy them. I mean, I yeah, I don't enjoy them. No, I feel like it's just I might as well go and shout into a void. Right. <laughs> into uh, maybe I'm over making these things bigger than they should be. You know, the whole fact that I'm preoccupied about Facebook lives is is say what an ego I've got you know who, who am I to be worried about you know just get over yourself <laughs> just get on and do it and and so what if no one listens it's interesting now having left the corporate world it's not just about your brand it's connected to your income you know there's the stakes are higher mm. everything is more important than it, it actually should be but because you know I guess these Facebook lives are connected to my business now and therefore my ability to put food on the table then you know may maybe that's <coughs> it's okay what's going on so maybe I'm making these Facebook lives and the fact that nobody watches or I feel and I don't actually think that's true but I feel that I mean that I'm a failure in business I don't know and what does that mean to you, if you're a failure in business? It, that, that, you know, I guess, so making a decision to leave the corporate world and start out on your own, you know, any entrepreneur will have people saying, you should just go and get a job or whatever, and um, proving people wrong, being able to, I've been out of corporate life for quite a while now, and... Um, but there is a, you know, I guess, you know, there's more pressure to be successful. You have to be seen to be, or it feels like you have to be seen to be successful because you're, as an entrepreneur, especially in the digital world, you're always, it feels like you're always on show. You know, that's why people always feel like they have to show the best, you know, and that's why social media is such a good thing and a bad thing in terms of people psychologically because you, you always think people are doing well, but that's not always the full story. You know, if I did these Facebook lives and hundreds of people were watching, then that would possibly, you know, in my mind somewhere, because I guess all these other people have been saying, you know, that that, that would say, oh, actually, you are doing all right. You know, in acting, as, as well as an entrepreneur, you have to be resilient. And so I guess I'm avoiding them because possibly 
it's saying you're not doing so well. You know, maybe things aren't going as well as you, you think they are, or maybe you're never going to get to where you want. I don't know. It's it's quite interesting that that came up. So I don't know what question you asked now. <laughs> I just don't know. I've forgotten <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I'll have a glass of water. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, when yeah. we start looking at these things, because what does you know when we look at words like successful and failure you know if you're not getting any views if you're on facebook live if people aren't watching you mm-hmm. if you're not worth watching yes that's yeah yeah that's quite interesting yeah i'm not worth watching because that resonates doesn't it yeah yeah i think it's back it's back to self-esteem again isn't it mm. I've always enjoyed external validation. You know, I'm the person that loved appraisals at work. There's a level of self-confidence, um, but I still recognise that I require quite a lot of external validation. And I might play it down, but I do. And, you know, I've helped people recently, and in, in quite often on social media posts, pe- people have it sounds, it sounds like a big ego thing. I'm just saying it because of because it's relevant. They've used the amazing Sarah Archer, and I'm like, oh, amazing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and then I do a Facebook Live, and no one's interested. You know, so it's really this. And I guess it's a, it's interesting as an entrepreneur because you have this. It's like a roller coaster ride. I, I hate social media. It's so pointless, and the vanity of it. You know, it's just like who, ca- you know, who cares. But it is important in some ways to what we do, especially, you know, as a, you know, and in, in the, in the podcast as well, you know, it's doing well, but it, and I enjoy, I love it for the sake of it. I mean, I love, you know, I think it's, it's a great thing to do. And, but you're still looking at download numbers and, you know, you make stuff mean stuff. And at the end of the day, if one person benefits from the podcast, really, that's good enough. So it's, I don't know, again, I forgot what the question was, sort of rambling, but. It's interesting. So, you know, when we're used to being validated by others. Oh, yeah, it was about the external validation, you know, yeah. When we're used to that, it means that who we are doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, it's probably... can be a thing where, yeah. unless we're getting that validation, so your worth is predicated on how others treat you, as opposed to how you treat yourself. Yeah. And what Facebook Live might be doing is giving you a very stark reminder that you're getting no external validation. Yeah. That it's the one arena where, in a real-time feedback mechanism... Yeah. And even if you are getting people, you're... I would ignore them. You would ignore it. Because it's not... Yeah. Yeah. Because even though you have got people, you're going... There's not enough people. There's not enough people. Yeah. Nothing is ever enough for me. I think that's fair to say. I see these people and I say, oh, they've done, and I've not done it. And then I look back and see what I've done, you know, and it's a lot. And I've had some great success, but I don't see it. And it's never enough. And it's to the next thing, to the next thing. And I guess that's something that I'm aware of about myself. You know, I used to work in a company and people came to work and they went home and they were content. And I remember having a chat with one of them and they were completely content and having that ability to be content would be fantastic but I'm fully aware of the pain that's in the past and in the future I often spend time thinking about the future of you know doing reaching that or doing that or whatever 
and I've been working really hard. You know, I did a whole TED talk about staying in the present, but I find it challenging. Mm. You know, and I, you know, I completely openly admit that's staying present, staying in the moment, and not constantly thinking about the next thing I should be doing or want to be doing or whatever is a, is one of the biggest challenges in my life. Yeah. It's a really interesting statement, isn't it? Nothing is ever enough for me. Yeah, my partner probably says that's fair comment. How how long is that? How old is that story? How old is that belief? Is there ever a time when something was enough for you, and things were enough for you? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't. I thought what when I felt completely content. I don't know. I don't. Don't think so. I don't know. So there's a part of you that, no matter what happens, is there a part of you that just thinks nothing is ever enough for me? Or maybe I should be doing better. And I guess this is what they say when you, you know, I haven't reached the goals that I need to reach in my life. Should. Want to reach. Should reach. Maybe that I don't know. But I definitely want to reach them. But what, I guess what would, because reaching them means what? Well, because. You know, there's a lot of people that don't think that I'll ever reach them. Right. In my family, I guess. Right. And I've got to prove them wrong. And I, and I guess because I've done things in the past that haven't had necessarily the outcome, or I've quit before, perhaps potentially as well. Um, but this time I'm not quitting. I have a, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with what I'm doing, and I am gonna achieve the goals that I want to achieve, and I'm not gonna quit even when it, you know, even the times get hard, you know, as as an entrepreneur, it's up and down, um, and it would be easy to go back to corporate life because I know I could earn a lot of money, as, you know, in in the corporate world, but I, I, I really believe in, you know, what I'm doing and and what I want to achieve, but there is this, I told you so. Uh, sort of lurking in the background. I guess that's always there. You know, I'm definitely. You know, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, I've got to prove them wrong. Yeah. That's really powerful, isn't it? Yeah. No matter what, I've got to prove them wrong. Yeah. What's the feeling? I just hope that I can do it before they they die. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what I keep saying. You know, I've done loads, and you know, my parents won't listen to this podcast, but. They are very preoccupied with money is a big indicator of success right. to my family, regardless of what I've, you know, I've written two books, I've written a play that's published internationally, you know, there's lots of things that I've done, but because they, the financial return isn't massive, I guess, then they don't count. So I guess that's, you know, that's what, when income comes into it, you know, maybe that's because it's a big thing to them. And unless I do, I do achieve these things that I've said I'm going to achieve, then I've got some big goals. You know, and they laugh at me <laughs> and say, you know, that, that won't happen. So, uh, yeah, so I guess maybe that's why it's never enough. Because until there's like, you know, seven figures, then I'll be able to sort of feel like I'm all right now. So if you're successful, successful in terms of, successful in terms of your family seeing as your success. Yeah. What does that mean to you? What does it? What does it? What does it mean? If they feel you're successful, what does that mean? That I was right. 
that I wasn't wasting my time, that I was right to pursue my dreams. And what is that? If you can drop through that feeling, what's underneath it? Um, Because they represent something else, don't they? Is it back to, you know, I, I am worthy? Yeah. I don't know. If you could just drop through those feelings of I was right, so you've made all this money, so your family say, wow, you've made all this money, you are financially successful. And so you go, I was right. I wasn't wasting my time. I've proved you wrong. What's underneath that? Now you love me. Yeah. Which they do, and I know they do. Now I've got no doubt that my, my parents love me. I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's the point. You're proud of me. And I know they are, but yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> now you'll love me. Yeah, but I know they do. But there's knowing you're loved and there's feeling loved. Do you know what I mean? There's a... Yeah. And do you love you? I, I do. Some people would say I love myself a lot. <laughs> I did, yeah. It was used to be called a show-off when I was little. Not so bad these days. But I think I do. I love some aspects of me. There's things that aren't right, that I don't feel are right at the moment in terms of weight. But I think there's, there's a lot of good things about me. Um, there's a lot of things that I need to work on in terms of being present. You know, my daughter's going off to university next year. I'm aware often I'm, you know, I'm not as present as I should be and making the most of my time with her I mean loving yourself is it's, it's, it's a, there's a negative association with loving yourself because you don't want to be the person that oh, they're completely in love with themselves which is but, different yeah but I understand you have to it's you know a, you can't a, love other people unless you love well, yourself you know yeah I mean? yeah you know because at the moment you're on a course of you know I've got to prove them wrong mm. and if you are successful on their terms now you'll love me. Yeah. What about your terms? What does it mean to be successful? What What is being successful in your terms? Unpack success in your terms, not about what's important for them. What does success look like for you? I mean, I guess it's it's the same as for a lot of people. It's it's all about freedom. You know, I, I don't want to have to worry about what I do or where I go or I, I'm try, I try not to be too materialistic you know I'm not quite I'm working towards being minimalist in the future you know that would be great um, but but being is, is about experiences so being able to like you know fly to New York for the weekend and not worry or experience life and all that it has to offer without worrying about financial security or time I guess that's what success would look like to me and and sort of you know and giving things to my the people that I love being able to to make the people that I love secure as well that would be that's my definition of success being able to look after people and and have freedom so success for you is freedom yeah and freedom means being able to experience life, yeah. being able to use time the way you'd like to, yeah. 
success is about being able to look after other people, people you care about. Yeah. And having the financial means to support all those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love money for the sake of money. Money gives you opportunities and options mm -hmm. and freedom. That's all it... You know, I don't sit there thinking, oh, I want to be a millionaire and I want to have... You know, we, we talked last week, I'm, I'm quite happy with a Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> you know, or perhaps a stretch and Mercedes. But even, even then, it's not, you know, it's not the, the be-all and end-all, but money gives you the chance to live the life you want, a life that you love, and and get those things done before you before you go that you want to get done you know it's unfortunately that's that's you know so that's what it if is. you have money then you'll be successful well if money is a means to an end I, you know i i will complete so that sentence if i have money then i'll be free to do what i want so freedom has a very strong link to money doesn't it yeah and do you truly believe that you have to have money to be free? No, but you can... I'm not an idealist. I'm no, not no, saying. no, 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 I'm no. And I curious. think that's a fair question. So, no, absolutely. I guess it goes back to that, what makes you happy? You know, I can be... You don't need money to be happy. You need money to pay your bills and have a roof over your head. Mm. Happiness is you choose what makes you happy and you choose to be happy. I, I completely believe that. So, no, money doesn't. You, there's lots of things that you can do to be happy without money. I guess what I've done is equated in what I in money would enable me to do things that I want to do. But I could be happy without money, absolutely. But there's a very clear link we've established that by being financially successful, yes, your parents will love you. Yes, that's a really powerful motivator. Well, I don't know if that, yeah, I don't, maybe subconsciously, I know they love me. <laughs> I know, but that, this is now your yeah. conscious mind talking. This is, you're now, remember, 90% of our behaviour is unconscious. It's that iceberg, isn't it? Yeah. yeah 10% justifies our 90% yeah. unconscious. So now we're in the, I know they love me. I, kn I know my mum loves me, but it didn't mean I don't feel like her love was highly conditional. Yeah. Because it's not about what you think, it's about what you believe and feel. Yes. No, I think that's fair, yeah. And so. at the moment, there's a very strong thing about money. Yeah, no. Because I, if everything underneath is, yeah. is about proving your, at the moment, and it feels, and this is just an, an early conversation, is, you know, I've got to be successful because I've got to prove them wrong. I've got to prove them wrong. And when I'm successful, in their terms, then I'll know they love me. Even though I know they love me, yes. I've met their expectations of me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And what about your expectations for you, irrespective of that? Because that's really strong external validation, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, there are two, on the ends of the spectrum, we have what's called I-lock and e-lock so when we rely heavily on external validation it's external locus of control uh -huh. i how we feel yeah relies heavily on how other people treat us and how other people see us yeah internal locus of control is 
having the ability to go, that's not to do with me, that's their stuff. I am completely happy with who I am and with the choices I'm making and the life I'm living because I'm, I'm pursuing what makes me happy yeah. and doesn't rely on what you say about me. My happiness is not predicated on your opinion because it's an opinion. And I think that there's a conflict going on because I do do that, you know, like I'm about to go off to Edinburgh for a month, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's not a, mo it's not a money spinner, <laughs> you know, you, you know yourself. It's, like, not. it's You know, there's, it's, very the un it's very unlikely I am going to make any money at all. In fact, it's going to probably, it's going to cost me. And I will do that because I want to and because I, I enjoy performing and, you know, but then I'm getting a different kind of external validation. You know, having an audience come up to you and say that was amazing. Are you brilliant? That's a whole other. You know, there's still external validation, but you know, I I am making a choice to do that, hmm. and it's it's not in line with what my parents would consider a sensible choice. Although they've they've been very effusive about this, so it's quite interesting. But yeah, so I think that you're right. There is a conflict. I get a lot of pleasure out of helping people. I love what I do, but I would also love to do more writing and you know bringing my plays to life and doing that stuff which I can't do enough of it or any of it at the moment or as much as I want because I need to focus on building my business up to get a level of financial security that will enable me to do the stuff that doesn't pay. There is very much I can see that unless I hit some you know, and I maybe have put a figure on it somewhere in my subconscious of a million pounds or whatever, unless I hit that, I'm a failure. In my parents' eyes, whether that's true or not, or I projected that onto them, or in my own eyes. And again, this is back to my ego. I've always, you know, I guess it's the same with lots of entrepreneurs. You want to make a mark on the world. You know, I have an issue with, we don't want to go there, but I have an issue with quite scared of dying. I suppose everyone is, having not left some sort of legacy and I've always been preoccupied by that as well it's a whole sort of <laughs> there's a whole host of stuff going on I feel like I'm on a there's only so much time that I've got to do these things I'm very aware of my mortality again it's something I talked about in the TED talk I'm aware of it being Catholic it's something you're made very aware of in your in your upbringing so there's a ticking clock right and I guess that's another reason why I need to to make progress fast in somewhere in my subconscious. I take a lot of notes, don't worry. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. But I'm aware of that, I think. On a conscious level, yeah. yeah. You're, you know, it's a great defence mechanism for a lot of us, and I'm exactly the same when we go, yeah, I have this problem, but I've intellectualised it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm self-aware. So yeah. I'm, I'm really self-aware of this, so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I struggle with issues. Mm. Um, you know, I am definitely not, you know, got my life sorted. You know, I struggle with various things and, you know, I'm fine with that because, you know, on one level I go, oh, you know, I'm a therapist. I can, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fine. I'll deal with that. And, and I don't deal with it Yeah. because dealing with stuff is scary. Yeah. It's no less scary for me than it is for anybody else. But I'm lucky I've got a lot of support and I can, I've got resources I can use. But it's up to me at the end of the day to make those changes. But you know when we start to intellectualize stuff we we pray there's a distance isn't there yes oh yes yeah. So, uh, yeah i guess it's especially length, if you can it? write about it yeah then it's a comedy routine yeah yeah well, that's, that's a lovely distance i have this thing about dying 
everybody laughs. Yeah. You know, you've got this nice distance yeah. to it. But there's a feeling connected to that. Y you know, let's talk about that. Oh, God, she says. No, well, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, just... How, you know, just because, I mean, how does it manifest itself, this, this preoccupation with time? My daughter and my partner say I'm obsessed with it. I'm not obsessed with it. I just, I don't know, I am scared of it, I guess. What? In terms of, but I know it's inevitable. It's like, what's the point of being scared of something? You don't know when it's going to happen. It is going to happen. There's nothing you can do to change the fact that at some point, as with any human being, I am going to, you know, I'm going to leave the earth. I'm becoming more comfortable with it. And I don't want to get all woo-woo, but the more I, you know, reading about, I was reading a book by Deepak Chopra and, and you're talking about that the essence, the, the source, and and being part of the source, and being a Catholic, we were brought up with this heaven and hell, and you know I I wrestle with this one often. My logical side says that you're just gonna go, and that's it. You know, I wrote a whole play about my whole play was about dearly beloved. It's about three people who die on the same day and what happens, and the dealing with the baggage and all that good stuff. So it's it was quite cathartic writing that, and it had the ending I wanted. <laughs> it was very nice. I, I made it. I hope that's what happens to me, that, you know, there's this, this tea lady that guides you through into the next dimension or whatever. I'm scared of it. I know it's going to happen. I'm trying to try and make peace with that as much as I can. But I want to try and live a full life before I go. When you say you're scared, what are you scared of specifically? Not existing, not being here, not seeing my daughter the people I love it's stupid it's nothing I can do about it you know it's gonna happen and you know no one lives forever I don't what am I scared of that there's, that there's nothing that I'm alone that you're alone and that feeling of being alone when talk to me about that well um I won't even be conscious so it's just completely irrational so I, I struggle with if there's nothing after death then it won't matter because you're not conscious. There's just, just you don't exist. There's nothing to feel because you haven't, you don't feel. What if you're alone or I don't know? It's just it's bizarre. There's nothing. There's nothing rational here. But you've got quite a strong physical reaction right now, haven't you? What's the reaction? What in terms? What I'm leaning forward. Well, you're leaning forward. Yeah. You're you have an emotional reaction yes. to this. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. Does, where does that live in your body? Che you're in your chest. In your chest. If it had a shape, what shape would it be? Well, I'm thinking maybe an oval or... I don't know. Is it still or is it moving? It's kind of still, but maybe undulating, I don't know. Okay, does it have a colour? Red. Bright or dark? Bright. So, it, so if it's undulating, you're seeing it like a movie or is it like a photograph? I don't know, I'm just imagining it. It just feels like a blob, like an undulating red yeah just a, a a mass if you like right is it familiar i guess i've had the feeling before but i've never really um thought about what it, what it would look like or anything or colors or anything right. like that just close your eyes okay just allow yourself to connect to that feeling about when you're alone that feeling in your chest this undulating blob, this undulating red mass. And just allow yourself to connect to it. 
powerful as you can. And just allow yourself to drift back to the first event connected to that feeling. No matter when it was. And when you've connected to a time or event, let me know. I think it was my cousin died when I was about nine. Yeah. And he was very young, he was 30. And I went to his funeral and he was buried in a grave that was for three people. And he, and it, I remember looking over the top and thinking how far down it was. And I, did, I forgot about this actually. And I said for ages afterwards that I never wanted to go to another funeral again. Okay. In a, you know, just like in this deep hole on its own. Yeah, so I think maybe that's where it's come from. Right. Just close your eyes. It's okay. And at any time, know that you're able to open your eyes and feel safe. Can you see yourself looking down into that hole? Yeah. Great. If you were able to share with her what you know now about what happened then, about what you've learned since then, that by what would you share with her so that she could understand more what's going on? He um, wasn't actually there. So his spirit had already, it was just a shell that was in the ground. You know, his essence wasn't there. It was with all the people that he loved. He, he lived on. If there's a heaven, he's there. If, if he's not, he, he lives on every time someone remembers him. And if you were able to connect to your younger self in the most powerful way possible for you, just do that now. And let me know when you've connected to her. Whatever way you need to. And when you're ready, just pass on all that learning to your younger self. That by passing on means that you'll be able to let go of all the feelings connected to that event. Passing on the knowledge you have now about how he wasn't actually there about how it's, it's just a shell in the ground. And that his essence wasn't there, that he was with people he loved, and that he lived on, either in heaven, or through all those that remember him. Just let me know when you've done that. Okay. Great. And if you were able just to come back slightly earlier, so that you're able to look down at this event, so it's just ahead of you, looking towards now. How does, how does your younger self feel right now? Does she feel better? Yes. Is there any I guess because I, yeah. I know what I, to expect and I know that it doesn't mean he, that he's not there, that it's not it's a, it's a, it's just a, an opportunity to 
symbolically say goodbye and it's a place for people to go and connect with his spirit he's not actually there and is there anything else that the younger version of you the younger you needs to know right now that by knowing it means she can let go completely of all the problems connected with that event that you've had up until now that you can relax you're not going to die he was 30 and I'm way beyond 30 already I've always felt that there was going to that I would die young I always said I thought I might that I can actually enjoy life rather than be constantly trying to make a mark that there's a the time is short that, that maybe I can take a step back and smell the roses and uh, and that maybe you know whatever I've done will be good enough and that people don't actually care that's not what's important in terms of how people remember you right and if there's anything the younger version of you could share with you to help you now as you move forward with your life as you start to take a step back and smell the roses is there anything else she has to sh is there something she has through you that she can share perhaps reminding you of something that you used to have a resource or an ability that you've forgotten that what you can the, it, anything's possible Right. Just take a moment to really connect to her and allow that learning to pass to you and all that learning to pass to her. Knowing that she's always available to you whenever you need her. And that you're always available for her. And when you're ready, just allow yourself to slowly drift back towards now and noticing how things have changed, noticing how different that is now that you've let go of all the problems associated with that event, with all this new learning. And when you're ready, I'm back to I'm back now. Just let me know. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that for a bloody Facebook Live. <laughs> oh dear, that was interesting. I haven't dragged that memory up for years. Thank you. Just, cl just close your eyes for a moment now. And just allow yourself, and I invite your unconscious mind now, while the cat's eating in the background, yeah. <laughs> to just take on board all the learning that's taken place this afternoon. All the new discoveries, and, and becoming familiar with those things that happened before. But by revisiting them, you've been able to let go of all the problems associated with. And how you're able now to move forward with your life in a way that means you're, you're that you can relax. And I don't know all the different ways that you'll start to notice how your life is changing that mean that anything's possible. And we can both be curious to discover what they are in both your personal and your professional lives. And with, it may not be until the third or the fourth time that you realize for the first time that you're enjoying life in a new way, letting go of those things that no longer serve you. 
And we can both be curious about how you notice that. And it may be you that notices it or other people. But whether it's you or other people isn't important. Only that you realise more and more every day that things are changing. That the attitudes you once had, you now struggle to remember what they were. But whether you forget to remember or remember to forget doesn't matter. Only that you know this means that anything's possible. And that you're able to discover this in every area of your life and more quickly than you can imagine. A lot of the old attitudes and beliefs you once had, you realise have shifted completely. And that you're able to enjoy life in a very relaxed and positive way discovering what makes you truly happy in every moment of your life. And so, finally, I invite your unconscious mind now to take on board any final learning it needs that by doing so means that as I count backwards from five, you're able to move forward knowing that anything's possible just becoming aware of the sounds in the room on five. Becoming aware of the weight of your heavy fingers, four. Becoming aware of the temperature of the room on three. Taking a couple of deep breaths in and out on two. And finally, and only when you're ready, and when your unconscious mind knows that anything's possible, opening your eyes and coming back into the room on one. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. How was that? Yeah, it was um, a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and not one I expected to be taking, to be honest. Um, it's very interesting for people listening. It's, it's quite interesting that something that you think is quite superficial has such deep-rooted um, source or there's more to it than you think actually having sort of seen those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle come together in some way I understand um, why failure you know that that signifies not not having it's a it's like a petal or a symbol of something that mm. is much more significant to me and there's a lot of stuff tied up with failure in terms of not having enough you've only got you, you may die tomorrow you know you might you haven't got enough time you can't be sit, you can't sit down and read a book or you've got to keep on and if you don't keep on then you're a failure in your parents eyes as well so it's quite it's quite interesting but yeah it's very it's very helpful thank you my pleasure uh, yes i would probably have done it if i knew i was going to work with you over a longer time yeah. perhaps i would have done it slightly differently but a little bit quick and dirty in places so, <laughs> so if we, <laughs> I don't, i'm sure there'll be people listening going that's a bit of a short version of a timeline yeah but it's not important what's important is what you know what you discover and yeah. you made some great discoveries yeah no, it's very helpful and uh yeah i've got to go on a panel tonight and talk about human business <laughs> it's gonna, i'm gonna go and have a gin and tonic or something but yeah no no it's it's been very very interesting and i do really appreciate you you know, putting yourself on the line, taking a risk with me, and, and uh, thank you so much for, for what you've done. Really no, it was it. absolutely my pleasure. Yeah.
Well, that was a bit of a roller coaster, and I certainly wasn't expecting that stuff to come up. It's so easy to think that we're behind the steering wheel of our lives when really other things we're not aware of or maybe we've forgotten about are driving us. And I realised that this was a bit of a departure and I wanted to thank you for listening. I truly hope that me lifting the curtain on this issue that I have helps uh, people realise that all of us have struggles, no matter how sorted we appear to be. And if you did find stuff coming up for you, I've included the link to Brooke's website, which you might want to check out, or obviously there are other um, people that you could uh, consult about it, but it, it's interesting and I, I got a lot of value out of it. And now that I'm aware of some of these things, I will be able to, you know, work through them and and be aware you know don't get caught in the trap that I have in the past okay so next week normal service resumes and I have the wonderful scientist comedian and communication strategist Dr Steve Cross on the show so subscribe to the show so you don't miss the great guests that are coming up soon and Steve obviously next week Again, thank you so much for listening and I also want to extend a big thank you to Brooke Hender for working with me on this show and for doing such a great job. Um, if you did enjoy the show, please would you do me a big favour and uh, go ahead and rate or review the show wherever you're listening. And tell people about it, you know, if you get value out of the show, good old word of mouth also works. Anyway, in the meantime... All that's left for me to say, as usual, is to have a great week. I'll catch you next time. And don't forget to grab your life by the nuts and get Facebook living. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, if you're listening to this show because you want to start speaking or have a big talk or pitch coming up and you want to make it the best it can be, then you made the right choice because this podcast is the vehicle that can help you get there. But I wanted to tell you about something that will get you there even faster. Something that incorporates all the hacks, tools and tips I've picked up from my years in comedy, theatre, marketing and coaching. And that's my blueprint for creating and delivering a story-led talk that engages, inspires and converts. And the best bit is that I'll be sharing my blueprint and the mindset hack that will help you overcome public speaking anxiety in a free webinar masterclass. To register go to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. This puppy gives you the soup to nuts for creating powerful talks that connect with and engage your audience every time. So grab your place now. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass.